0: Okay, fantastic. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to be here. Everyone happy to be here? How many of you guys are tired from uh, the holiday festivities? Put up your hand. Exhausted. How many of us are ready to get going into 2024? Put up your hand. Wow, okay, half-half. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, wherever we are at, well, today is the first Sunday of the year, and... um, We're going to start an entire new series called uh, Time with God. So usually in January, we kind of do a month of uh, what we call Time with God, where the pastors come together and then they share what God had been speaking to them personally in their own time and then discern out of that what was actually relevant uh, for the collective. And so I'm going to be speaking and sharing over the next two Sundays, today and next week. And I'm going to speak to us on the topic called the Speed of Love. Now I'm not talking about speed dating. Sorry guys over here. Uh, uh, But no, we're going to talk about the speed of love. Uh, It is something that God has been speaking to me about since like April last year. I've been sitting on it and allowing God to shape that in me. By no means am I a, a work that has been finished, but definitely I share this out of a place where we are all a work in progress. Amen. Um, And uh, it's a very familiar passage, uh, the the Corinthians passage that we're going to be reading. But I pray for those who've heard this a gazillion times for us to be open-minded, open-handed, open-hearted to go, I may have heard, you know, a hundred messages of this, but can God speak to me differently? And I pray that God will take us into the depths of uh, what He has uh, revealed to me. Sound good? Yeah? So let's go into the Word of God. We're going to go from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start from verse 31. Okay? oftentimes we start from verse 1 in chapter 13, okay? but this is the context, we're talking about spiritual gifts, as Paul's writing to Corinthian church, and it says, you know, you're talking about gifts, which one's greater, and all that kind of stuff, then he talks about how love is the most excellent way, okay? and this is what the word of the Lord says, but now, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had faith, such a faith that I could move mountains, which is pretty impressive repertoire already, right, but didn't love others, I would be nothing, If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, which is, again, a pretty impressive list. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And this is the word of the Lord. Let me just pray. Uh, Lord God, I just really want to come before you uh, and your word, and I pray that you would speak. Uh, Speak deeply into our hearts. And take what you've been doing in me, and still working within me, but through me, and make it real, personal, convicting, help us to walk at this speed in our life, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Now, uh, I've shared this a gazillion times before, but for me as a person, I'm 42 this year, oftentimes I take uh, mini audits of my life, yeah? Uh, I've got a coach from UK, I've got two other mentors, and oftentimes they're speaking to me. And I remember I was speaking to my coach in UK uh, on Zoom, and then she was talking to me, and then she kind of said, Chi, I think what you're doing is a bit of a mini audit of your life. And it's really good to have these kind of people in your life, because they're a bit of like a sounding board to you to help you process some of the things that you're going through. And so as I was kind of wrestling and and sharing with her, one of the things she I I began to uh, discover uh, more and more, is that um, there's a lot of things that has happened in my life, you know, as many of you know. uh, Having my cancer, overcoming the past of my my late wife, my family going through a divorce, uh, career change, uh, challenges having kids, whatever all those things that has happened, but somehow God, by His grace, has enabled me to get up and get going. Yeah? And every time I'm able to conquer, with God's help, an obstacle or a challenge there's a deeper conviction that happens in me to go, I want to make my life count for something. Now, how many of us want to make our life count for something? Yeah? And oftentimes when it's personal and then, you know, someone close to you passes away suddenly and you go, man, life really is short and we're going to make our life count, you know? And so that's really deeply ingrained in my psyche, especially as someone who's had that kind of life, specific life journey. And so I feel like I'm a cat with nine lives, so to speak, but, you know, like I'm still alive. And if I'm still alive, I have purpose. And if that purpose, what is that? Let's get to it. Let's get going. And so I guess with that, I'm always having this pursuit and a vision of significance. And I don't know what your planning or goals or agenda setting that might be or your sense of significance and purpose for your life is for 2024 or for your whole life. But I read this verse, with an entire new lens on what is significant because when you read this verse it says let me show you a way of life that is best of all I know it's in the context of spiritual gifts but I believe it's the way of life as a whole you can do a whole bunch of things but out of everything what's the best of these things? faith, hope and love and love is the most excellent way and, and then it goes on to say hang on if you had all these things, like and like I said, a great, impressive list. By all means, if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and you accomplish these things, everyone would be like, that's amazing, yeah? Yeah? I mean, if you could speak the languages of earth and of angels, amazing, right? If I had the gift of prophecy, I could foretell and foretell. And if I could understand God's secret plans, possess knowledge, you know, if I had faith, I could move mountains. Let's take it further. If I had evangelize and share the gospel to the ends of the earth, if I did all that, but if you had not love, you gain nothing. If I, I, I gave everything, which is what the Bible sometimes calls and says, give everything to the poor, and, and, and I, I sacrificed my own body, right? But you have not love. So imagine, whatever your 2024 is... So this is what was happening in my mind, yeah? So imagine you're 2024, whatever your goals are or your sense of purpose for your life. At the end of the day, all intents and purpose, this is what's heard. (laughs) Is that painful? Who wants me to do it again? Micah? You want me to do it again? Do it. Do it, do it. Okay. Imagine living a life that you thought was significant, but at the end of the day, that is all that's heard. That's pretty scary, isn't it? And then God said to me, Chi, I don't want you to just be a competent Chi. I don't want you to just be a responsible Chi. I don't want you to just be an efficient Chi. I want you to be a loving chief. Amen. But of course, the inner lawyer in me goes, hang on, I thought I was a loving person. Who thinks they're a loving person? Well, I think I'm a loving person. Yeah, it's all right. I I, I think I'm <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I'm not a nasty person. I think I'm a pretty loving person. God, what on earth are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, I was reading this and meditating on it, and he goes, if I gave everything I have to the poor, and then it kind of like joined the dots with like my parenting, and Asian parenting especially, it's like, man, of course I give everything to my children. Yeah? We sacrifice, we work hard, we provide, we give them the best opportunity we can. Yeah? Amen? Yeah? We let them play ping pong, you know, we let them do Kumon, which is this kind of extra tutoring study thing, you know. It's like this Asian love, you know, like, have you eaten enough? Now you're looking a little bit skinny, you know, you need to be fatter, you know. But but it was like, hang on, then all of a sudden this phrase came to me. Chi, I want you to love with the brand of Jesus' love, not with the brand of Asian love. <laughs> you like that? Yeah? But then it's like, hey, hang on. So, hang on, I, I, I gave everything up. I sacrificed my body. I'm super spiritual. I do all those things. No, 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 no. Because you can do all those things and still not have love. But the kind of love I'm talking about is the brand of Jesus' love. Chi, Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you not jealous or boastful or proud or rude? Do you demand your own way? Are you irritable? Do you keep no record of being wronged or do you keep bringing up all the stuff from the past into the discussion and into the relationship over and over and over and over again like you can't let it go? Do you rejoice? There's not, re- not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices with the truth. And Do you never give up? Do you always hope? Do you never lose faith? Do you endure through every difficult situation? Do you love with that kind of love? With the Jesus brand of love? Amen? And when I read that, I'm like, whew. To be kind when someone's harsh, to take. Because you see, this is what the brand of Jesus love requires. For us to be kind when someone's harsh, to tame my pride, to cultivate my hope in a hopeless situation, to seek reconciliation rather than resentment, and to never give up when you're tempted to go, people will never change. It requires so much more than actions and sacrifices, but it requires Christ-like character with the right motivations and attitudes of the heart. Do you have a vision, not of just goals? They're great, you should have them. But also, with that, a vision of how you're going to relate to people in 2024? Because this is the key thing. I'm just segueing into my key point, okay, my topic. If you want 2024 to really matter, walk at the speed of love in your relationships. Everyone say speed of love. Ready? One, two, three. Speed of love. Out of everything you can do, go about it. But if you want 2024 to not be a noisy gong, to be something that you gain nothing, you profit for nothing, you are nothing, but if you want it to be something in the eyes of God, walk at the speed of love in relationships. And that has been the journey that God's been teaching me Me personally, and I want to bring that forward through me to the rest of us. And so I want to unpack some of this. How are we going? Is this okay? You guys with me? Yeah? And the first thought was this. Relationships require a different speed in life. Because here it talks about without love it's nothing. But then the first thing it begins to unpack, the first word it describes, and I'm just going to sit on this one word, that love is everyone say? Patient. Every again, ready? One, two, three. Love is. One more time. Love is. Turn to your neighbor and say, "You are amazingly patient." <laughs> did, did, did you realize that everyone laughed? <laughs> it's like, you're amazingly patient. I know I'm not. <laughs> right? And the first thing that Paul describes about the characteristic of love, with this brand of love, this Jesus love, is this unhurried virtue that describes the unhurried nature of love, almost like love has a speed and it's patience. Now, a little bit of context about myself in terms of my personality, so you can understand why this speaks so deeply to me. Okay, so for me, I'm a little bit of a task-oriented person. How many of us realize that? Put up your hand. I will not be offended, right? Yeah, Paul. Yeah, see, <laughs> I might come across a little bit relational, but um, by default a lot more task oriented, right? And you can see coming out with the kids. When some things need to be done, my goal, go-to line is, I don't care, just get it done, right? So can you imagine my poor kids, right? <laughs> I, I, my default is becoming a task oriented person, right? Outcome-driven, right? But I'm also a really fast thinker. I move from A to Z very fast in my mind. So sometimes my speech like, doesn't catch up. Right? So that's why in my preaching, sometimes you hear my words, it's like half finished sentences, or it doesn't quite make sense because my brain's going on to the next thought. My speech is, is trying to catch up. So I'm a fast thinker. I've done this Gallup strength finder. How many of us have done Gallup strengths finder? Put up your hand, anyone? Yeah, so a few of us, there's 34 strengths. You talk about your key strengths and stuff like that. So, those kind of personality and strengths, how to discover yourself. Anyway, I did one of those, and they break into four categories in those 34 strengths. There's execution, there's influencing, and then there's strategic thinking, uh, and then there's relationships. So I remember going through this, and I was being coached, and someone said, how on earth can you be a pastor? Because your top 10 strengths has no relationships in it. I'm like, uh-huh. right? In fact, most of them are the bottom 15. <laughs> but it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. I'm not, I'm not that unrelational, Okay. <laughs> Chi, you are not that unrelational. Okay. But I also realized this. I have a deep value for efficiency. And I think that's just from my upbringing and the experiences I went through life. I want to make every moment count. If you knew me beforehand, like when I was in uni before I had cancer, it's like I was far from that. I was not even close to that. I was like happy-go-lucky. I wasn't doing that well at uni. Uh, My late wife thought, are you even a Christian? Like, I was not like that driven. But until I went through all those things, I realized, and this was what my coach was helping me realize, it actually had shaped me almost to an unhealthy point where you need to maximize everything. So I used to read fiction. Now I don't read fiction at all. It's all nonfiction. It's all about making it add value to people's lives, right? And that's how far I've shifted and I've gone. So I tend to live life with very little margin. Yeah? I have sometimes unrealistic targets that I set for myself. I don't like doing things halfway. In my own life, in u- school, uni, I usually excel in whatever I put my, my mind and, and hands to. I grew up in a, a house of household of efficiency. Hi, mom. I know you're watching right now. Yeah? Everyone say hi to my mom. Yeah? Hi, mom. Right? <laughs> right? Um, So, um, she only watches my sermons, no offense guys, this is total like family bias, right? But my my mom was working full time, she she sorted everything in the house, she cooked, she managed the kids, she was like efficient to the next level. Like I would clean, and then she would clean after my clean, right? And, and like my dad would also be like someone who pushes hard and he'll wake up at 4.30 a.m. every morning and I don't, okay? Uh, but as someone who was so efficient, she, would even, she was so efficient that she, wouldn't have, she would even have time to iron my own underwear and socks. Now, how many of you guys iron your underwear and socks? Yeah, I thought everyone did. Until I got married. And like now, no one, right? But, but this is like... How efficient she was, that in spite of doing all that, that's what she did. Uh, I know I value you know, with all my life challenges, it's like you get up and you keep moving. You're overcome and you move forward because God helps you. And so I was able to get up quick, move forward by God's grace, and, move, and then all of a sudden, walking the, the world of single parenting, which some of us have been doing it far longer than me, but you have to run a tight ship. you got to juggle a bunch of different balls and I have to drag Judah and Michael from A to B and then you realize that, you know, kids, they have their own timeline, right? And so, this is my personality, okay? And so, all of a sudden, I realized that I was reading this book called Hurried Life by Alan Fading and he used this phrase and it says, if hurry gets in the way of love, does hurry go Or does love go? How would you answer that question? How many of us say, hurry, put up your hand? How many of us say, love goes? Put up your hand. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah? And it's like, whoa, that was a real striking conversation. And he goes on to say this. The speed of love is an organic speed, not a mechanical or technological speed. When it comes to machines and technology, faster is always better. But when it comes to love, the same is not true. It's a slow speed, a spiritual speed. Going to someone and say, hurry up, get over it, doesn't work that way. Can I hear an amen? Some of you are like nudging, see, you know. Uh, Listen to what Pastor Chi just said, you know. Love doesn't rush past hard places. Love enables us to listen when we are tempted to react. Love moves us to seek understanding when we feel misunderstood. Love is patient. Love is unhurried. Love is slow. And this is the speed of love. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Because relationships require a different speed in life. Now, some of you guys may have been operating in this for years, but for me, it was like, Phew. actually, it really is true. And what I was doing was placing an overemphasis of efficiency in my approach to living, relating, and working and bringing that into the relationships. Now, I'm not talking like super unhealthy, like, like you know, but I could sense that it was there. But relationships can be messy and not very efficient. But yet, loving relationships are at the heart of the gospel. And if we were to use the language of efficiency, then love is the willingness to waste time. And I realized I moved at a pace, a speed, so fast that I was not able to do the more significant things. And that is to not be a noisy gong, but to love the way that Jesus ran of love. And until my speed, this got shifted, I would try to love that way, but I would struggle to love that way because I was running at a different speed. Can I hear an amen? Yeah? So I was reading this book and there's this Japanese theologian and he said this and I thought, what a beautiful statement. And it says this, God walks slowly because he is love. If he's not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed, and that's where I got the idea from. It is an inner speed. It is a spiritual speed. So it's not just a a decision-making speed. It's also an internal speed, right? It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we're accustomed. It is slow, yet it is, and I love this, the Lord over all other speed, since it is the speed of love, because God is love. It is the speed we walk, and therefore it is the speed the love of God walks. Isn't that deep? Out of all other speed that you can choose to operate your life, this is the supreme speed. Because God's love walks at this speed. In his book, he talks about three miles an hour because the average human walks at three miles an hour. So God walks three miles an hour. Isn't yeah, that beautiful? Yeah. What is the speed of your life? Because the love of God requires a much more unhurried approach to life. Because relationships require a different speed in life. You guys following me? Yeah? All good? Let's go to the second one. The second thing that God began to speak to me and still working through with me is that the speed of love is the pace. Everyone say pace. Everyone say pace. The pace of patience. It says here, love is patient. And I'm just sitting there. Love is patient. But unless you can walk this pace, Chi, I felt God was saying, you cannot do these other things. It is really difficult to be kind when you're impatient. Anyone tried? Yeah? It's really difficult to not demand your way when you're impatient. It is really difficult to never give up when you're so quick to go, that person will always be like that. They'll never change. And it's so interesting that Paul decides as the first descriptor to set the pace of how a life of love should walk. Because the speed of love is the pace of patience. And this pace Is an organic and internal pace that enables relationships to flourish. Patience is the speed of love. It is the speed of God. If love is patient, but my way of living the Christian life isn't, I have a problem. Yeah? Now, we can serve, we can prophesy, you can share the gospel, you can do all those things, but have not love, then we are a noisy gong. So do those things, but with love, and at the pace of patience. I just want to share three insights out of this. The first is this. Yeah, I'm learning, yeah? To be patient, patience gives people permission to be human. I love um, Pope Francis. He, he, he gives this quote, and I thought it was very beautiful. He says, patience does not immediately react harshly to the weakness and faults of others. We encounter problems whenever we think that relationships or people ought to be perfect, or when we put ourselves at the center and expect things to turn our way, then everything makes us impatient. Everything makes us react aggressively. And he goes on to say, unless we cultivate patience, we will always find excuses for responding angrily. Patience, and this is the key line, patience takes root when we learn to love people just as they are, not as we want them to be. Patience accepts the other person even when he or she acts differently than I would like. In other words, it doesn't matter if people hold me back, if the kids unsettle my plans, or my spouse annoys me by the way they act or think, or even if they're not everything I want them to be. Love has this deep compassion that can accept the other person as part of this world and they're allowed to live in this world differently to the way that I would like them to it gives them permission to be human can I hear an amen and I realize that you can try to be patient, grit your teeth but still not accept people to be where they are and who they are and that is the root that will make us impatient The second thing I've learned was that it creates the pace for us to stay connected relationally. Andy Stanley's a famous uh, American pastor. He wrote this book on love, sex, and dating. And so here I am, you know, on this journey. I want to learn everything about patience and all that kind of stuff. And it's in this context, he talks about patience and defines it this way, which I really love. And he goes, Patience is the decision to move at someone else's pace rather than pressuring him or her to match yours. And he was saying that in the context of dating, because some people pressure, pressure, pressure to get what they want. He goes, but sometimes people are patient to get what they want. He goes, that's not patience, that's called predatory. It's saying, I'm using this to get what I want. Right? And here he's saying patience is a decision to move at someone else's pace. And then he gave this illustration Of what that looked like. When a grandfather wants to walk with the grandchild, you walk at the grandchild's pace. Can I hear an amen? Now, what happens when you walk faster? You break the connection. But yet, somehow at the heart, there is a pace. We're not just talking about a walking pace. There is a pace of conversation. There's a pace in the speed of how you understand things, in the way you make decisions, the way you process your emotions, the pace you want to see your career advance, the pace at which you're getting ready to go out, the pace at which you're ready to make a lifelong commitment. And it's saying whatever the different paces are, patience is the decision to move at someone else's pace. It's a decision to pause rather than to push. Yeah? Now, how many of us, when we try and get ready to go to a place on time, we all operate at different paces? Yeah? Like, <laughs> Who's the one that's on time? Put up your hand. Yeah? Who's the one that's not on time? Put up your hand. Right, put it up, real high up. That, that's a cause of potential conflict every day. Right? But there are times where we've got to go, hang on, am I wanting to meet this arbitrary goal of getting there on time at the expense of loving my spouse? Now, that's not an excuse to be late all the time, okay? <laughs> but just as an everyday example of how two different paces can cause a disconnect physically, emotionally, and relationally. It creates the pace for us to stay connected relationally. And lastly, I'd say on this point, it is a way of putting the other person first. It is the pace that enables us to love one another well, for their sake. It removes the negative impact of judgments, assumptions, interruptions, emotional instability, These things which often put self-love before the love of the other. Now it says here, patience doesn't give up easily. It doesn't lose its temper quickly. It doesn't quit at the first sign of trouble. It doesn't rush to judgment or run away from an uncomfortable or difficult situation. Love doesn't rush past hard places. Love enables us to listen when we're tempted to react. You know, sometimes we struggle to put the other person first because we're quick to rush to judgments. Yeah? Oh, I received that. that, That's why you did it. Now I'm going to judge you. But to walk at the pace of patience allows us to go, let me put the other person first. And what is it that they're going through? What is it that actually happened? Help me listen to understand. Now, it's easy for me to say this, but we all know it's really difficult to do when you're in the heat of the moment. Yeah? Yeah? The point is to see how the pace of patience actually is a way to help us put the other person first and oftentimes judgments or even assumptions You know when something happens we are quick to assume the intention of another person yeah I was uh, listening to some kind of uh, social commentator it was really good and he was talking about the difference between impact and intention sometimes we all experience the impact of someone, other relationship on our life. When someone says something, the impact I had was, that was hurtful. Yeah? But the person may not have the intention, but the impact is still real. Yeah? How many of us have experienced that? Yeah? But the thing is, in the conversation, we're so quick to go, ah, I'm hurt, therefore you intended to do this on purpose. And you speak to the intention. But patience is to slow it down and go, I can talk about the impact, but I need to inquire about your intention. So, patience allows us to slow the pace down to be able to go, No, I am impacted this way. So, if that's the illustration they gave was if there's a cat on the stairs, you don't mean to step on a cat. You're just walking down the stairs, you accidentally step on a cat, it's like, ah, right? And the cat's having this conversation with you. The cat's going to go, Look, you stepped on me, and it hurt. And it's true, that's impact. But it's another thing to go, you stepped on me on purpose to hurt me. That's intention. And that is the cause of a lot of conflict. But when we walk at the pace of patience, it gives us the opportunity to put the other person first, to go, help me understand, help me know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I'm trying to go. If I can get um, the the worship team to come up. I'll finish off with this sub-point here. We reframe, oftentimes we get interrupted. It's another thing. And we can find interruptions a little bit annoying. Who f- sometimes finds interruptions annoying? Just me? It's all right, you can interrupt me. Right. <laughs> right? Especially when you're young parents, and then you've got kids, and it's incessant. Right? But the thing is, patience is a way of putting the other person first. And sometimes I have to catch myself. Instead of, I'm going, I'm trying to get this done, my son comes up and goes, have a look at this. Instead of going, you are hindering me from doing my task, is to see God's invitation and opportunity to go, I'm interested. I'm here to put you first at the expense of my time. Yeah? Now, that might seem really basic, but I think for some of us here, if I was to be honest, we're more wired that way, yeah? Who's more wired like me? Put up your hand. Don't leave me hanging here by myself. Yeah. Ah, thank you. I see that hand, Juliet. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I see that hand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. Okay. But I just wanted to kind of share some of that. So my question is, what would it look like for you to walk at the speed of love and to adjust your pace to the relationships around you? And I'll finish off with this last one. Um, my iPad's not working anymore. So you can go to the last slide. I think, look, to be honest, this is a really, really difficult thing. Yeah? Like, when I say this, it's not that I'm an impatient person, like, but the brand of Jesus' love is that no matter what comes your way, patience comes out of you. And whatever you've experienced right now, you might, later down at the end of 2024, who knows, go through something that will squish you and draw things out of you, that you didn't realize how impatient you actually were. I'm talking about that kind of stuff, yeah? And here, we all know that this is really, really difficult. It can be challenging. But what we find is that love, this kind of love, is not a self-generated love, but it's a love that comes from an unhurried walk with God. And I love the Amplified Version, where it says this, you know, it talks about if I can speak in tongues of men and have not love, the bold bits, it says, inspired by God's love for and in us. If you go to the second one, if I can move mountains but have not love, what do you mean by that? God's love in me. When it goes here, you know, you can sacrifice your body and 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 but if you have not love, what does it mean? God's love in me. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. God's love in me. And here it's so insightful because this is not just a self-generated love. You it is hard because we're innately selfish. But God in His power to transform the human heart. His love needs to be in us before we can give it out to people. So therefore, this love can only come from an unhurried walk with God. What is your walk with God going to be like for 2024? If you want to make this a priority to walk at this pace, you've got to walk at a pace, an unhurried pace with God Because it's in that that He puts His love in us so that we can then love in this way. Okay? I'll finish off with this story and then we'll we'll land here. Um, We're going to be talking this year, this phrase that you'll hear over and over again. You know, the theme for this year is that God is more than able. But when we use the word that God is more than able, yes, God is more than able to heal your sickness. Yes, God is more than able to change your circumstances, situation, to give you a child. God is more than able to do those things. But the key thing that God is more than able to is to change the human heart. Because unless your heart changes, your life cannot change. But only God can change your heart. That's why we read Ephesians. It talks about God who is able to do, who is at work in you. It's an internal work that he does. But the work that God does is the work of love in our hearts. And I'm trying to unpack the, 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 the depth of how that works. And, but I want to share that by finishing up with this story. Yeah, this is a reframing of it. Uh, I just did a wedding, I uh, officiated a wedding. Um, I officiated Ken- Kenneth and Sam's wedding. And uh, one of the things I shared, because I've been reading this book and, and uh, on marriage and I, I love that uh, remarriage right and there was this guy his name is uh, Gary Smalley and he's counseled hundreds and hundreds of, of um, couples who has relational struggles yeah and I shared as an example because that's where a lot of relational tensions can happen and where love really, this kind of love really needs to come out and with the kind of couples he, he counsels they all face a whole bunch of different things And these are the kind of statements that you'll hear. We're just not compatible. Our differences are killing us. She has too many unrealistic expectations. We fight and argue constantly. We've got nothing in common. I can't stand your personality quirks. We're rarely intimate. All he does is work. We have no money. I feel like I'm living with a roommate and we're like ships passing in the night. Your parents are driving me crazy. Now, how many of us have heard some of those things? Put up your hand. Yeah? But he said, the core underneath all those things for success for marriage is people who have this sign on their heart that says, open for business. An open sign on their heart to love. And where couples, regardless of what they experience, struggle is when through all the relational hurts and pains. Because that's what 1 Corinthians 13 is saying. It's saying you're patient when something happens. But it's not even unpacking those circumstances. But we all go through those things in life. But when you hit those things in life, what are you going to do to allow it to do to shape your heart? And more often than not, we turn the sign, the open sign, and we turn it around and we say closed for business. And painful relationship experience have flipped that sign to the closed side. And because of that, you and I are out of the love business. You can communicate, but with a closed heart. You can try and resolve conflict, but with a closed heart. You can do all these things, but you're not always hopeful. Right? But here, the the brand of love that Jesus is saying is saying that this kind of love that keeps the open sign on your heart open for business all the time and as Christians this is so key because if the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people if you have a closed sign on your heart you are out of the love business and you are out of the God business that's why this is a big deal can I hear an amen that's why this is a missional thing and here, when I was meditating on this, and here he was saying, if you want intimacy, if you want deep connection, if you want emotional closeness, understanding, empathy, empathy, kindness, appreciation, affection, encouragement, care, tenderness, passion, adventure, your heart must have an open sign hanging in the window. And the only way that can happen is because God has been holding an open sign on his heart for your life and my life. Can I hear an amen? And he's at work trying to turn that close sign on your heart and turn it open to the relationships around you, to your family members, and to those you love. And that is how God, to walk within a hurry, walk with God. So if you want 2024 to really matter, walk at the speed of love in your relationships. Amen? Is this okay? I'm sure this is speaking. But I want us to sit on this and allow God to speak to you. This is the heart journey that we're going to go on. Because God is more than able to turn every relationship, to heal every heart, And as He does, He will change our lives. Let me pray. Lord God, I just want to thank You for Your Word. I thank You that how You are incredibly patient with us. God, when I look at that picture of the grandfather holding the grandson's hand, that is You holding my hand. You held my hand when I went through my cancer. You held my hand when I was emotionally hurt. You held my hand when I was almost giving up hope. You held my hand when I was fostering resentment. But God, as you walked my, ha- held my hand, God, you began to turn the closed sign on my heart and you opened it for business and you said, keep it open, chief, because I've called you to be in the love business. And so, Lord God, I thank you for the way you have poured your love in us and help us to walk this year in an unhurried way so that we can receive and experience your life-changing love in a way that we can then walk at the speed of love in the relationships around us. God, I pray, God, I know that there are things that people are going through, but God, I pray that today you would take your word and give them that key, the thing it is that they need. They've been hitting a wall all the time and they don't know how to break through. They think it's His fault, she fault, but all of a sudden you've spoken through and you've given them the key that they need for that breakthrough, that relational breakthrough, that they've been wanting and both parties have been longing for. But I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that today you will break that barrier and give them that key to open the door to life, love, kindness, empathy. Always hoping, always rejoicing with the truth, never giving up. The kind of love that you give us, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.